Welcome back to The Human Exception. This week, Courtney is going to tell us the very bizarre and very real story of Peter the Dolphin. This is a story that comes completely laden with trigger warnings in regards to animal abuse, unethical experiments, and believe it or not, some animal sexual abuse. And of course, swearing. Lots of swearing. So please listen with caution. And let's get ready for another Human Exception. gonna change mics real quick because it's not that great okay i just ran out of um usb ports on my computer <laughs> oh no <laughs> so i'm like i have to switch stuff up every time i want to use my good mic i know there's a solution i'm just too lazy to find it <laughs> hi tishin <laughs> kitty he is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> How old is he? Uh, he just turned one in oh. February. Oh. He is so big now. <laughs> what, Jake? And so cute. The cutest. Like and you couldn't ask you couldn't ask for a cuter baby. Aww. Yesterday I was talking with my friend Rosie and uh he just came in and like wanted to be cuddled and sat with me and purred and let me give him kisses. That's so cute. Oh my gosh. This almost makes up for you destroying pens and <laughs> charging cables and biting me. Oh my me. gosh. <laughs> he chewed through one of my charging cables while I was charging my phone. And I woke up and my phone wasn't charged and I was really confused. <laughs> I'll share the picture. He's such a little, little shit. You shit. little shit. Like, I have no spoons. I wake up to this. Oh my gosh. He destroys shit. That's his favorite hobby. Holy moly. He's basically a dog. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's not the first cable and like all my charging cables have teeth marks on them but that's the first one where he like destroyed it no that's not true he's destroyed other ones this is the first time in a while he's done it so like and normally i would spray like pepper water or something on them mm -hmm. right so that but he doesn't mind spicy he loves flaming hot cheetos because he's a garbage cat like his mom <laughs> And so I have to use vinegar and soap. And I think really it's the soap that does it. Yeah. Ooh. So I like Ooh. I have to like mist all of our cables with it Gosh. so that if he goes to bite it, he he'll leave it alone. But like cardboard boxes, paper. Oh, yeah. He chewed a corner on my um I have like a my record my medical records from Alaska because my my clinic shut down. So I have the original records and he chewed a corner on the records. Holy crap. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Have you seen Have you seen Harpo the 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 fetching cat? No, Titian does that too. Yeah, they trained him to fetch, and now it like it like helps him with his chewing and stuff. He's really cute. Oh, I should do that. Part of the problem is all of Titian's toys end up under the couch. <laughs> and he does magnets too, which is so cute. Oh, yeah. They teach him how to. They teach him how to um, fetch magnets. It's really adorable. Let me find him. He has his own subreddit. I love it. He's a, I just, so cute. I just want more cats, honest. Oh my god, he even looks like Tish. <laughs> uh, it's those tuxedo cats. Trouble. Yep. Yep. Whoa. Yeah, they, they trained him to do all the magnets and he goes through like a stuffy pile every day, which is adorable. Oh my god, that's so big. I know the wiggle as he's like oh, penguin walking. He's got the, the octopus and he's so happy. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's so good. He's so cute. I know. I've been looking at this as like brain cleanser because he's adorable. Honestly, a lot of this reminds me of Titian. I can't wait till we can get him a cattery. Like, he'll be so happy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just sit out there and chill. Shrody steals my jewelry. What? Yeah, Shrody. If I leave, like, earrings, especially if it's gold, if I leave earrings or something out, they'll, like, both of them, Tisha did it the other day, they pick them up and they'll like bring them and put them on Jake's desk or under Jake's desk. So like what? they'll knock over like I have an Altoid tin full of earrings and mm -hmm. they'll knock it over and then like Jake will find jewelry on his desk. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Dad, I can you a present. Yeah. Yeah. It's mom stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This this goes here. Here dad, have a gift. <laughs> this is so sweet. Welcome back to the human exception. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's fine. I'm I just looking at what we were doing, right and I was like, cats. Cats are great. Can we just talk cats about cats and exactly. not just everything on fire? Moment. Yep. I yep. just need a moment. Yep. It's too yeah, early he was for my... me to start drinking. He was my moment. You're not trying hard enough when I. I was going to say, well, yeah, what time is it there? 10? It's 10 a.m. I mean, gotcha. I could have a brunchy drink, but also yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I was I was reminded uh, or maybe this is no, this is like a new thing for the doctors. The doctors here are a lot stricter, I think, than the ones in the States. Uh, they were like, you can only have like two drinks a week, please. And I was oh, like, wow. OK. <laughs> cool. Uh. And it sucks because, like, I don't have, I've, like, created this giant tolerance to alcohol now because of my, like, the medications, I guess. I don't know. I also don't get hangovers, which is great. But. Um, oh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But it's a side effect. Apparently, it's, like, a side effect of rheumatoid arthritis is you don't get. Um, what? Yeah, I read it somewhere. That, like, yeah, you just, like, they're just less likely to have, like, intense, my, like, side effects. Wow. I don't know if it's just, like, we're used to all the bullshit, so we don't recognize that it's happening, or if it's, like, something else. Um, yeah, like, that's really I interesting. I haven't had a migraine, in, or uh, not a migraine, what is it called? A hangover. Um, 
in like 10 years. The last there's gonna be, there's gonna be had, some good aspect to it, right? Yeah, it's like the only benefit. And, but now I can only have two two drinks a week, so fuck it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Mom, don't listen to this. I drink responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where are we starting today? Well, I mean, mine's horrifying, so... Mine's also kind of horrifying. <laughs> I got... I had to sit down and write out trigger warnings, so... My, mine's weird and has a, a mystery to it. <laughs> Sounds like a good palate cleanser. Perfect. And mine's not ready for today, so... <clears throat> Fair enough. Yeah, you guys had a rough week. I'm surprised that um, both of you can speak. Aww. Yep. Nathan was in a sick all week, and then I woke up yesterday with the cold too. So that's great. No, yeah. it's not COVID though, right? No, no. COVID. no, no. Okay, that's good. That's good. No, Shoot. just a shitty cold. <laughs> just yeah. a shitty cold. I know when that's a relief, right? Jeez. <clears throat> yeah. I'm always a little bit relieved if I feel like I'm getting sick and it's congestion because that's rarely associated with COVID. Like, okay, it's just, you know, my sinuses. It's not my lungs. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I love that game. Is it is it hay fever? Is it COVID? <laughs> is it a stomach flu? Is it COVID? I'm pretty sure. Is it sure my inflammation causing a fever? Oh, yeah. No. Right? That's when like, it's me. Is I run fevers at like, yeah. The drop of a hat, and I'm like, oh shit, yeah. am I getting sick? Am I exhausted, or is it COVID? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. About once a week, yeah. It's kind of like, well, Constant. I better just Constant. check. <laughs> just in case. All right, yeah. so then which of, the, which of you two is going to go first, then? Uh, whatever. Do you have a preference, Courtney? Um, do we want to talk about uh, dolphins, or do we want to talk about your terrible thing? Mine's rabies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I don't know. Feel like dolphins, at least there's more to laugh at? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, there is little to no laughing in this one. Oh, no. Um, I, 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 mine is, mine is, is horrifying medical history. Um, so. If you want to mine get that is, out of the way. Mine's humans being terrible, so. Oh, great. Bad science. Bad. Oh, I no. Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll go. It's bad science. <laughs> Let's go. Let's do it. Uh, so top of the top of the list, I'm just going to throw out my trigger warnings ahead of time, and I will do my best to remember to throw them in as we come up on them as well. Um, but if you are particularly sensitive to animal abuse, animal death, sexual abuse, sexual abuse with animals, drug use, or suicide, um, go go watch Sailor Moon or something. Don't watch. Don't listen. I feel like I just like got bingo on the trigger warning sheet. Right, <laughs> a little bit of everything. Yeah. Right. Um. So. This is like a really convoluted, weird story. Uh, 
And like all weird, convoluted, terrible stories, it starts with a white guy trying to do too much. Um, this white guy, his name is John Lilly. I don't know why I'm so hung up on him being a white guy. I'm just angry today, I guess. Um, so John Lilly was a neuroscientist, an inventor, and a psychonaut, which is a methodology, I guess you could say, for looking at altered states of consciousness, expanding consciousness, and using things like meditation and mind-altering substances to explore altered states and their experiences in an attempt to expand human consciousness and understanding, also known as woo-woo bullshit. Um, I mean, people do this kind of stuff today, and it has led to some benefits, like microdosing is very helpful in lots of things. Um, but the way that this has gone about is troubling and problematic so um this isn't like starts all in like the 50s um so john Lilly was going to school and he already had um like a degree and he was a medic and <clears throat> he had done a bunch of other stuff prior to this i'm mostly going to be focusing on stuff that pertains to this terrible dolphin story um so he he was a medic, and for some reason, he finds a stranded pilot whale. And in trying to, I'm assuming he was saving it. No one really says, but he was like, "Oh, look, uh, this is actually a semi-intelligent creature, maybe." Because at this point, dolphins and porpoises and things like that, pilot whales, were considered to be nuisance creatures because we thought of them in the context of fishermen, and they would quote unquote steal, aka hunt, um, the like same things that the fishermen were going for, and sometimes quote unquote steal from their nets or affect their their harvest. So like, people called them things like herring hogs and thought of them as nuisance creatures and would kill them. Um, but Lily realizes that this creature has a big brain, and and that's literally what he's quoted as saying. This creature has big a big brain. brain. Whoa, big brain. And then <laughs> I went brain. home and was like, there's a big brain floating out there somewhere. And I was like, <laughs> sir. <laughs> really? So he starts observing dolphins, trying to figure out, like, how big is brain? How brain work? Um, and he gets funding and like i said like i'm kind of it's hard to like pin down exactly what he's doing at any given point because he does a bunch of research in a bunch of different areas and not all of them are connected he's trying to be like a renaissance guy of the 50s this is a common theme among scientists um where we get excited about many different things and do many different things but he does a lot so um he gets funding he establishes a lab in saint thomas and it's actually kind of a cool concept um the bottom floor is situated so that water from the ocean can come in and kind of like, quote unquote, clean out the area. But it's an enclosed space and they have dolphins there. 
So you don't have to worry about like having a big aquarium set up and running all of these tanks and salt and all that. It's just open water. Um, that also issues because <laughs> like let's say your captive dolphins develop some kind of weird disease or something, and then it can automatically spread to the ocean. But we're not going to go there. I know that the uh, Seattle Aquarium also has a similar system where, like, they pump water directly in from Elliott Bay, which I think is scary because Elliott Bay is disgusting. Um, yeah. But they use that to, like, supply the water for all their tanks. And then they, I'm assuming, flush it back into the ocean. Again, don't quite know how that works. Um, I don't get a behind the scenes. I'm just a person when I go there. But it seems like it could be problematic. Anyway. So, Lily has three captive dolphins. How he obtained them is not clear. Um, no one really says. I'm assuming they were just kidnapped from the water somewhere <laughs> and put in this lab, which I use loosely. Um, so, he had two female dolphins. One was older. One was, like, I don't know midlife and then they had this young male dolphin and they had names they named them um and lily had previously done work on the brain with rhesus monkeys trying to like map out how their brains work and so trigger warning there's going to be some medical stuff here that's kind of upsetting uh but he would sedate rhesus monkeys and then probe their brain to see what would happen basically Ugh. right and he wanted to yeah. do the same thing with dolphins but found out that dolphins can't breathe under sedation so they die oh uh, so you can't really do that so dolphins have to consciously think about breathing whereas <laughs> like people breathing is on our autonom autonomic system so we don't think about doing that right like we don't have to consciously Unless we're feeling short of breath or something, we breathe without thinking about it. Like, we blink without thinking about it. Right? You don't have to sit there and be like, inhale, exhale. But it seems like a design do. flaw for the dolphin. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why. Um, it might be... Like, I didn't, I didn't take time apart to research that because, um, like, this is a mindfuck to work on as is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> trying to, like, sort everything out. Because it... It's been sensationalized as well. So, like, trying to, to distill what actually happened and who did what and what they were is difficult. Um, so I didn't really look into that. But I know that, like, because it might be because they're an underwater creature. Like, they don't want to automatically breathe. Because, like, they breathe air, right? And, but they spend most of their time underwater. So you have to consciously go up and breathe, right? You can't just be, like... A couple hundred feet down to be like, fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so uh, Lily uh, observed um, when it was observed one day speaking, and the dolphins would kind of mimic him. Um, one of his, I think it was one of his research assistants, uh, noticed it, but also his fiance at the time was working with him. Uh, and so, like, this led to the theory that dolphins could be taught language. And then he published this theory in a book called Man and Dolphin in 1961. Um, so, around the same time, 
but separate from the dolphin thing, kind of. Um, there was a group of scientists who got together, including Lily, and they were talking about using radio astronomy to find intelligent life. You're saying, Courtney, this is from left field. Aliens? And I said, yeah, because now we're the Discovery Channel and everything is just aliens. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I think it's hard to tell, but I think this was part of SETI, the, the group that got together looking for extraterrestrial life. Um, I don't know if this was proto-SETI or at, like the beginning of SETI and then there is a second little subgroup in SETI. Um, but they ended up calling themselves the Order of the Dolphin after Lily's research. Now, why did they call themselves the Order of the Dolphin when they're looking for aliens? Fuck if I know. <laughs> so long as they uh, all the fish. <laughs> right? It's very confusing. Um, but his book, the- uh, Man and Dolphin, as well as the Order of the Dolphin, gave him a bunch of contacts, including Carl Sagan, who visits his lab later on, which is mm-hmm. wild. Um, as well as uh, a man named Gregory Bateson, who was an anthropologist and linguist and actually did a bunch of important work, um, who would later help him rub his lab. But it also helped him to get enough, I don't know, nepotism or something to get NASA involved. And so NASA, (laughs) NASA gives him money to, (laughs) it's ridiculous. (laughs) NASA gives him money to teach dolphins how to speak English. Uh, I love okay. it. Right. If you're in Argentina, <laughs> you should speak English. Right. So here, so let's just set the stage now, because now we're getting into the weird shit. It gets weirder. Um, you have this open sea lab in St. Thomas. You have a bunch of money from NASA. You have a guy who is into too many things, um, including expanding consciousness, which, of course, it's the 60s, so what does that lead us to? LSD. (laughs) Yeah, baby. Um, Also, side note, because uh, I think it gives context, you guys have heard of sensory deprivation chambers? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lily invented those. Oh, what? Yeah, okay. so this is a guy. So, so weird dolphin talking man also invented the sensory deprivation chamber. Holy and shit. I think he would do like LSD and then go into the chamber. Oh, of course, of course. Right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, you get the full effect. So, Amazing. at the time, LSD was thought to expand your consciousness, expand your brain, make you perceive more. I don't know. Kids don't do drugs, or at least not that drug, please. Um, like, do your drugs smartly uh, mm-hmm. and legally, uh, but also fuck the police. Um, <laughs> I'm just all contradictions today. Uh, so Lily, Lily is starting this program. He's got his three dolphins. They're observing them and trying to get them to speak. They're dosing them up with LSD. Lily gets upset because LSD doesn't seem to affect dolphins, or at least not in a way like it affects humans, and so he's kind of disappointed. Um, and Lily is like super into LSD. So he uh, is doing his research, doing his thing, and um, enter a 
Enter another character. Her name is Margaret Howe. Oh, I'm sorry. Margaret Howe Lovett. So she was born in 1942, so she's in her 20s, right? She has been described in many places as a quote-unquote volunteer naturalist, which got me thinking about the term naturalist, which really just means that you study or have an affinity for the natural world, but you don't have to have, like, an education. education. (laughs) Yeah, it's not like an academic status. No, no, it's just, like, anybody who loves, and, like, I, like, I know this sounds elitist. I'm going to acknowledge that. But (laughs) when you are doing something like studying dolphins, right? Trying to teach them English. Maybe having some kind of background and something related would be helpful, right? Because even if you're good at something, like, Let's take, for example, I'm going to make this all about me. Let's take, for example, Courtney, who is good with kids, right? Love children, great with them, I'm told, um, pretty patient with them. I have no background in early childhood education. I learned more about kids and how they function and how to deal with them, being a preschool teacher and, and doing that, than I thought possible, and, like, it's a complicated fucking thing to do to raise a small person. You can't just be good with kids. You have to, like, understand how to talk with them, understand where they are developmentally. Complicated, right? Now you're taking, like, a whole ass other creature that can't even kind of talk to you. It's worse than having a toddler. And they're 400 fucking pounds! (laughs) 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 What the fuck? So Margaret Margaret had an affinity for um an affinity for animals. She was very excited about them. The only the only thing I could really find is that she was excited and inspired by a book when she was a little girl called Miss Kelly, which is a a children's book about a cat who could talk to people. And so she like oh had an affinity with animals, read this book as a kid in her early 20s. No, like it doesn't even like I can't even I can't find anything about her having any kind of education. Again, not trying to be shitty, just saying. Um and she is in St. Thomas. She lived in the Caribbean and she hears about this um the secret laboratory on one end of the island from somebody. Uh, And so she goes there and kind of like talks with um, the guy who's running it. His name is Gregory Bateson. And he was a a linguist and an anthropologist and one of the Order of the Dolphin guys that Lily had met. And he had agreed to help with the dolphin teaching thing and was kind of running it. Lily was off getting high. Um, doing research, quote unquote. Uh, and so he was like kind of charmed by her and how like excited she was. And so he was like, Yeah, you can come help. Uh, come 
write down some notes on what these dolphins were doing. And she was pretty good at it. We will give her that. Also, it's the 60s. So what is pretty good at taking notes mean? No one knows. Um, like these, like everything, I couldn't find any, like, I'm frustrated. I couldn't find any, like, hard papers or anything about this because it was all bullshit. So a lot of this has been sensationalized and is just, like, fifth-hand accounts written 50 years later. So, you know, right. there you go. Um, so here she is. She's at the Dolphin, they called it the Dolphinarium. Um, also, the Navy also was involved in this. The U.S. Navy was giving them money because... Oh, sure. Well, okay, so fast track to today, like they do use dolphins and then they have these programs in the Navy where they train dolphins to do things, right? And we've heard about other belugas and shit being used by the Russians. It happens. Is it like ethical? (laughs) Is it cool? Kind of. Anyway, so Lily has these three dolphins. The youngest one is named Peter. And love it, and Peter, like, get along really well. And Peter is also, like, the most adept at, quote-unquote, speaking. Um, and so, at one point, they realized, like, oh, like, Margaret was like, oh, what if, like, instead of, um, instead of, like, me having to deal with all the other dolphins, and what if... I, um, what if I treat him more like a child where, you know, when you have a mother and child around each other all the time, and maybe that would be better for him speaking. So they flooded, I can't remember if they set up a bed for her in the dolphinarium, but they had the other two dolphins still. So I think they ended up like flooding a floor. Or for dolphin and setting up like a bed in there for her. And she had like a desk and a chair and it was like shallow water. And she spent all her time with Peter the dolphin in this room, this water room. Um... So she's, like, trying to teach him English. He's able to make some sounds that are being interpreted as English words. Um, But Peter... Peter was a young boy. And like any teenage boy, he had urges. And he would... Yeah. This is where it gets weird. So if you can't handle weird sex stuff, please go, go watch... Amphibia on Disney Plus instead. This is not an ad, just it's wholesome. Um, so Peter would, and dolphins are super sexual. We talked about how terrible dolphins are, uh, before. Um, but he would like rub himself on her and it was, uh, disrupting their lessons. And so they would have to like transport him downstairs to like, get him away from love it and they had like a weird relationship anyway and then it just got to the point where she was like why am i interrupting all of our research i can just relieve him and it'll be fine let me repeat that again 
the dolphin would get horny, and instead of, like, realizing that, hmm, this might be inappropriate, and this might be not good for science, and maybe we should rethink how this is set up, she goes, ah, let me just jack this animal off so that I can continue to teach him to say mommy. Oh. Oh, my God. Man. Okay. So, she says, and I quote, it wasn't sexual on my part. Sensuous, perhaps. Which is more fucking troubling. It's... Holy moly. The word sensuous. Oh my god. It's not okay here. It seemed to me, she says, that it made the bond closer. Not because of the sexual activity, but because of the lack of having to keep breaking. And that's what it really was. I was there to get to know Peter. That was part of Peter. It would just become part of what was going on. Like an itch. Just get rid of that scratch and we could be done and move on. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm sure it was an emotional bond that they were developing, not, you know, positive reinforcements. Right? So, so there are many problems with this. Um, no matter how intelligent a dolphin can be, or any animal can be, animals cannot speak a human language. Or, yeah, they just can't. Uh, they cannot consent. <laughs> uh, and so, like, non-consensual sex is not okay. Like, even if dolphins could speak, right? Even if animals could speak. We, we have different understandings and everything. They can't consent. There's no consent there. It's not okay. From a scientific standpoint, you're fucking your research project. She's not fucking it. They didn't have intercourse. I retract that. But still. Like, you're... What the fuck? Yeah, that's not going to skew your results. Yeah. So, this is going on. This is supposed to be like a six-month thing. Lily is, like, super into the LSD research. And because, like, the communication experiments weren't really working out, like, six months was a, not a very long time to bridge a gap, but whatever. So there's not much, like, progress being made with the talking thing. Um, the LSD research with dolphins is not really doing well either. And he's lost interest in, in dolphins at this point. So the dolphinarium loses funding. Also, it comes out that, I don't know the head quote-unquote researcher is masturbating this dolphin. Um, and so Hustler hears about this, right? Oh, no. So Hustler hears about this and writes an article called Interspecies Sex, Humans and Dolphins. And someone oh. is commissioned to draw a picture of a dolphin with no. a woman, a naked woman, who looks a lot like Lovett, like, underneath him, they're swimming together, but are they swimming together? It's very weird. Just a little. So that happens. So that casts, a, uh, I, I don't know, an understandably negative light on the whole situation. And um, they lose funding. Uh, the whole thing is kind of thrown into, um, you know, a tailspin. 
I would say rightfully so. I have a very small picture for you guys of the just so you can oh. get an idea. You don't need to see the whole thing big. My goodness. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So so it gets shut down, right? Um and then like now this lab isn't being funded. They've got these three dolphins. What's going to happen to them? So Lovett says, I couldn't keep Peter. If he had been a cat or a dog, then maybe. But not a dolphin. Couldn't beat him? Couldn't keep him. Oh, keep him. She okay. wanted to take him home. But she couldn't because he was a dolphin. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's really weird, guys. It's just really upsetting. Um... So the dolphins are sent to another one of Lily's labs. He had a couple different ones. He had a quote-unquote disused bank building in Miami. Um, okay. So he, they get sent to Miami. It is not the same conditions as the St. Thomas lab. These are much smaller tanks. They are inside. There's no sunlight. Um, and... I don't know about the other two dolphins. No one talks about them at this point. I don't know where they went. I don't know what happened to them. I like to pretend, but I know better, but I like to pretend that they were re-released to the wild and lived long, happy dolphin lives and ate lots of fish, even though dolphins are assholes. I wish that for them. Um, Peter was not so lucky. Um, so trigger warning, we're going to mention suicide. There will be some talk, but everything's oh, oh, it'll be, we'll be okay. So, a couple weeks after Peter got to this new tank, Lily calls Lovett and says Peter had quote unquote committed suicide. Now, dolphins, like we said, have to consciously breathe. So sometimes this is what this person says. Sometimes what what will happen is they will um like just stop breathing and go to the bottom of the water and drown. It's terrible. Um people like to paint this as the dolphin like committing suicide and making a choice. Other people say that it's very possible that the large amounts of LSD that were injected into Peter or given to Peter probably fucked up his lungs. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not clear. Uh, there was no mention of a necropsy anywhere. Um, I would have been very interested in finding that out. Um, I also, again, did not do research on the effects of LSD on dolphins because I doubt I'd find anything, honestly. Um, it's not a very ethical thing to do. Uh, in my opinion, like, I don't know. I just, I have a lot of problems with that. Anyway, so, um, Lovett says, this is like 50 years after. So she, she says that she wasn't terribly unhappy about Peter's passing. I was more unhappy about him being in those conditions at the Miami lab than not being at all. Nobody was going to bother Peter. He wasn't going to hurt. He wasn't going to be unhappy. He was just gone. And that was okay. Odd. That's how it was. I question this person. I like a euthanasia them. thing. 
you know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so so after this, like Lovett does apparently nothing. She gets married to a photographer. And they end up buying the Dolphinarium later and living in it as a home. I find that oh. fucking weird. Not my not my circus, not my monkeys. Um, Lily goes on. He continues to study dolphin human communications later. Um, he tries to use telepathy. He tries <laughs> to use music. Um, but no one, uh, according to this article, which I think is from like 2014, no one, no one formally tried to teach dolphins English again. Um, yeah. And so that has spawned like a bunch of like articles and stuff. Um, people have written to love it and said things like, oh, your story of working with dolphins and teaching them how to speak English inspired me. I like, yeah, I read it as I heard about it as a young kid and thought it was wonderful. And that inspired me to be a scientist. And to that, I say. What? Huh? Did you not hear the whole story? I hope not, because it sounds like you were a kid, but also. Oh, I don't want you near my animals. Go away. Um, also, I've been researching this. I was looking up something. I forget what I googled. Dolphin, dolphin something. And um, I came across an article about a man who was employed at, like, a water theme park thing. I guess with dolphins, what do they call them? Like SeaWorld, but shadier. If you oh, can okay. be shadier than yeah. SeaWorld, like it's yeah. like a tourist attraction. It was like part of a theme parky type thing. So his job was to like take pictures of the dolphins and interact with them and take pictures of them with the fucking tourists and shit. Don't do that. Um, and apparently, like he developed a quote unquote loving relationship with one of the female dolphins. Come on. And he was like, she seduced me. And, like, he was allowed uh, to be alone with the dolphins. The yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I'm not going to go into detail. You can Google that wow. shit if you want that on your search history. It's in mine now. Thanks. Um, but, yeah, he, he would just uh, go in after night and fuck the dolphin at night. For, like, a year. They made a movie Did about Did no one him. know about this? Made a movie about him. He talked about it later, like with his full ass face there and his name. Wow! 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 Just zero just shame. Sorry. Yeah. Nope. None. Not at all. So not like no all. one, no one knew about it when he was working there. Nope. Oh my gosh. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, so I feel like we should rename the Order of the Dolphin for Dolphin Fuckers. That's my story. I haven't had a drink yet. Multiple. You should probably go make one. I think it's time for yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ooh. I remember stumbling across a story on Reddit a couple years ago, and it's just so fucking wild. Yeah, I think I, I think I forget where I heard it the first time. I heard about it several. It's been, I mean, it's from the fifties. It's been written a lot about, especially lately. Um, there are some. Like, less sketchy. Like, there are some less sketchy stories where they're... Like, The Guardian did a story on them, which is one of the, the articles that I read. Um, but also, things like The Sun pick it up. The New York Post. Um, there are... Like, some people will be like, 
like make it look like they're quoting her and being like, I had a sexual relationship with the dolphin and and how never explicitly says that like it was intended to be that way. Like I'm not defending her. She did not good things. Um, but like I don't know. She always described them as urges and kind of pushed it off as it was not supposed to be a like a sexual relationship like you would have with a person but with a dolphin, which is the fucking weirdest sentence I've ever said in my life. Um, yeah. They also say things like, it was a love affair. Like, she never describes it that way. It's sensationalizing it. Is it okay? No. Should we sensationalize it like that? Also, no. Like, let's stick to the facts and talk about, like, why we shouldn't do that in our science. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to study sexual relationships. It's another to participate in it. Because as a researcher, you're supposed to be outside of what's happening. Like, you're supposed to be yeah. almost like an omnipotent being just watching, which can be hard sometimes because sometimes you want to inter- intervene and you do build a relationship with your subjects. But, like, you can't. Yeah. Don't talk them be- off, guys. I've, yeah, I've heard that from um, particularly like uh, primate researchers when, like, baboons yeah. do something horrific, you know? Yeah. Well, like, and even, like, I've had, I've had subjects where I mostly worked with invertebrates in school. So, like, sea anemones, um, uh, lots of sea anemones, actually, crabs, (laughs) you know, like, things that people typically don't attach to or think of as cute, like I do, but I'm a weirdo. But, like, I, like, I had to relax, which is the nice, fancy way of saying put down a anemone in order to do a dissection i felt terrible the whole time mm-hmm. it is not a good feeling um it haunts me and it was it was an anemone they are a fancy sack of proteins with lots of water in them there's not a whole lot to them um i couldn't imagine like i don't know doing the shit that lily was doing to monkeys and dolphins i don't think i could do it Yeah, yeah like there's there obviously is a little, a little bit of leeway just because the fact it was like the 50s and 60s and our understanding of animals was so limited still at the time but also like dude it's another living thing well and also we have examples of other people at the same time or about the same time who were not you know monstrous you know it just all feels yeah Ugh. Also, it's like, there are rules in science now. I don't remember when they came in place. I, I, I'm not huge into, like, the history of ethics. But we have ethics in science, believe it or not. Um, and we have rules. And some of those rules are, like, don't inflict undue harm on a creature. So, like, you can't just be like, I don't want to poke, poke a dolphin's brain. Well, you have to find a way to do that ethically, right? You can't just... Like, Lily, as far as I can tell, didn't do it because it you can't poke a dolphin's brain while it's alive because it won't breathe if it's sedated, and if it's not sedated, it'll move. That's why he stopped, as far as I can tell, and not because it would be detrimental to the dolphin. Whereas today, we would be like, you'd have to find a way to sedate that dolphin and keep it breathing the whole time, or come up with another way to do it. Yeah. I don't know. It's fucked up. Yike. Yike. 
I don't really like dolphins and that upsets me. Like dolphins are all right. Like I don't dislike them. I don't love them. I just, you know, they're not my favorite. But yeah. like that's not okay. Yeah, well it's like what Kayla said. It's a it's a living breathing thing. Like it's a, you know. it's a creature. Like I feel like that yeah. way about any creature. Like I I can't I don't just like I don't know. Yeah, yep. And I'm feeling guilty mm-hmm. for all the things I've had to like put down. I'm just gonna take a minute. <sighs> and none of them had a brain. I'm just saying, everything that I've put down for science has not had a brain. Think about that. And I feel so guilty. You can imagine doing that with something that had a brain. Anyway, what's your terrible thing, Kayla? Rabies? Oh, my thing's not terrible. Hallie's thing is terrible. Mine's Hallie's terrible. Hallie's, <laughs> Hallie's is, is babies. I, I got so deep in that I was like, oh, here we go. What have I done to myself? That's it for this week. Next week, we're back to learn the horrifying truth about rabies and the legend of a man with no country, which is far more true than you would ever expect. As always, links, pictures, and additional information can be found on our website at thehumanexception.com keep up with all things exceptional be sure to follow us on twitter facebook or instagram at the human exception have a story that you want us to cover want to tell us that we're wrong or you just want to say hi you can email us at the human exception at gmail.com and if you want to get on the fun come join us on our discord server link can be found on our contact page keep on being exceptional my humans and have a wonderful weekend <laughs> <laughs>